For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. I will arise and go forth to the house of my father. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. House of my young. Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject, the parable of the fig tree. This is part four of the series. What we're going to see in examining Joel chapter 2 is that it's speaking of the Gog-Magog war. The Gog-Magog war is a sign of the coming of the day of the Lord. Let's see how this is so. Remember, we're told in Joel chapter 2 verse 1, blow the trumpet in Zion, for the day of the Lord is coming. It is near at hand. Joel chapter 2 verse 2. It's a day of darkness and gloominess. Because a great people and a strong. There has not been ever the like. Neither shall be any more after it. Even to the years of many generations. Joel chapter 2 verse 3. A fire devours before them. And behind them a flame burns. In front of them the land is as the garden of Eden. But after they come through. It's a desolate wilderness. And nothing shall escape them. In other words. It's fast, furious, and initially successful. They succeed in their attack. Joel chapter 2 verse 9. They shall run to and fro in the city. They shall run upon the wall. They shall climb upon the houses. They shall enter in at the window like a thief. They're coming to rob. It's a military attack. Now Ezekiel chapter 39 describes this Gog-Magog war and we're told in Ezekiel chapter 39 verses 1 and 2 Son of man, prophesy against Gog and say I'm going to cause you to come up from the north parts and bring you into the mountains of Israel. So Gog-Magog comes from the north. Regarding what we have been reading so far in Joel chapter 2 about the attack of this invading army which is so successful it then says in Joel chapter 2 verse 11 For the day of the Lord is is great and terrible and who can abide it so next we see the exhortation of the God of Israel when they see this military attack happen in Joel chapter 2 verse 12 therefore also now says the Lord turn unto me with all your heart and with fasting Joel chapter 2 verse 15 blow the trumpet in Zion and sanctify a fast so the God of Israel is instructing his people that in response to this successful military attack of the enemy against the land of Israel and the people of Israel, they are supposed to fast, pray, and cry out with all their heart. And who are they going to be crying out to to deliver them? The Messiah. In Isaiah chapter 26, verses 16 and 17, it is written, Lord, in trouble have they visited you. 
meaning the enemy has attacked you. They poured out a prayer when your chastening was upon them. What's the chastening? The military attack, the war. And from this is people's going to pray. And they are experiencing the birth pangs of the Messiah. Isaiah chapter 26 verse 17. Like as a woman with child that draws near the time of her delivery and is in pain and cries out in her birth pangs, so have we been in your sight, O Lord. So this, what we're reading about in Joel chapter 2, the military attack of the enemy from the north, is what precedes the Jewish people initially crying out for the coming of the Messiah and then receiving Yeshua as the Messiah. So let's remember again the principle that biblical history is prophecy. Going back to Jeremiah chapter 29, the prophecy in verse 10 was after 70 years be accomplished at Babylon. Well, historically after 70 years, a remnant of the Jewish people returned to the land through the leadership of Ezra and Nehemiah and began the process to rebuild the temple. But at that time, the Jewish people didn't know or receive the Messiah, and the captivity of the people did not end. But in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 10, regarding this prophecy of after 70 years of Babylonian captivity, the outcome is, in Jeremiah chapter 29, verses 12 and 13, that you will call unto me, and you will go and pray to me, and you will seek me, and find me, when you search for me with all your heart. This is a reference to crying out for the Messiah, and Yeshua will hear their cry, and they will end up receiving Yeshua as the Messiah, and Yeshua will end the captivity of both Northern Kingdom and Southern Kingdom in the lands where they've been scattered. So who is this military that's attacking the Jewish people in the land of Israel as the day of the Lord is approaching? Well, after the Jewish people fast and pray for the Messiah with all their heart, the God of Israel is going to intervene and defeat the enemy. And we're told of this defeat of the enemy in Joel chapter 2 verse 20. And I will remove far from you the northern army and drive him into a land barren and desolate. So the military attack came from the north. And what is it said about Gog and Magog in Ezekiel chapter 39? In verse 2, I will turn you back and leave but a sixth part of you. Ezekiel 39 verse 4, and you will fall upon the mountains of Israel. Verse 5, you will fall upon the open field, for I have spoken it, says the Lord God. So once the Jewish people cry out with all their heart for the Messiah after the initial successful attack by the Gog-Magog armies, the God of Israel will intervene and defeat the Gog-Magog armies. And in doing so, the Jewish people, or at least the remnant of the Jewish people, will end up accepting Yeshua as the Messiah. So with the defeat of the Gog-Magog army, the Jews will believe in Yeshua as the Messiah. For once again, it says in Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 10, After 70 years be accomplished, Jeremiah 29 verse 12, You will call upon me, you will go and pray to me, and I will hearken unto you. I will hear your prayers. So why are they calling and praying for the Messiah and seeking for him with all their heart? It's because of the dire situation regarding the Gog-Magog war. But the promise of Yeshua in Jeremiah 29 verse 14 is, I will be found of you. In other words, I'm going to hear your prayer and you're going to know who I am. And the same thing is said in Ezekiel chapter 39 verses 21 and 22. And all the nations will see my judgment that I've executed in my hand that I've laid upon them. So the house of Israel will know that I am the Lord their God from that day forward. They will know that who is the Lord their God. They will know that Yeshua is the Messiah 
from the defeat of the Gog-Magog invading army after they fast and pray and seek for the Messiah with all their heart, because the Messiah will hear their prayer. We can see this connection in Joel chapter 2 verse 20, where it says, I will remove far from you the northern army. And as a result of that, it goes on to say in Joel chapter 2 verse 27, And you will know that I am in the midst of Israel, and that I am the Lord your God and nobody else. So they're going to know the Lord God of Israel. And so who is this Lord God of Israel that previously they didn't know, but now they're going to know when the Gog-Magog armies are defeated? It is Yeshua, the Messiah. So as well as recognizing and receiving Yeshua as the Messiah with the defeat of the Gog-Magog army, the God of Israel is also going to decree the end of the exile. We can see this from Ezekiel chapter 39, verse 21 and verse 25, as it is written. And all the nations will see my judgment that I've executed in my hand that I've laid upon them. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, now will I bring again the captivity of Jacob and have mercy on the whole house of Israel. So when is now will I bring again the captivity of Jacob after the defeat of Gog and Magog? So the God of Israel is making a decree that he's going to end the exile of his people with the defeat of the Gog-Magog armies who invade the mountains of Israel. So now let's go back and cross-reference this understanding with Joel chapter 2, verse 18 and verse 21. Then will the Lord be jealous for his land and pity his people. Fear not, O land, be glad and rejoice, for the Lord will do great things. Well, what's the great things he's going to do? That the land's going to be glad and rejoice. He's going to end the exile of his people. Now remember, Yeshua said, learn a parable of the fig tree. The fig tree is associated with the rebirth of the modern nation of Israel in 1948. And it's bringing forth its leaves. And remember the good figs from Jeremiah chapter 24 is associated with the end of the exile. It now says in Joel chapter 2 verse 22. Be not afraid for the tree bears her fruit. The fig tree and the vine do yield their strength. So now the fig tree produces her fruit. The good figs. The end of the exile. As an outcome of the defeat of Gog and Magog. So in order to be able to make the connection regarding the meaning behind the parable of the fig tree, we needed to understand that biblical history's prophecy and the historical 70-year captivity of the southern kingdom or the house of Judah into Babylon is a prophecy of the generation that will see the rebirth of the modern state of Israel. And when are we going to see the start of the day of the Lord or the great tribulation? When are we going to see the Jews receive Yeshua as the Messiah? When are we going to see the end of the exile? of the house of Jacob or northern kingdom and southern kingdom after 70 years is the end of the exile. So we can see this from Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 10 and verse 14. Thus says the Lord, after 70 years be accomplished at Babylon. I will turn away your captivity and gather you from all the nations from all the places where I've driven you, says the Lord. So it is the Messiah who gathers the exiles of Israel. And how's he going to gather his people? As the good shepherd. In Jeremiah chapter 31 verse 10 it is written, Hear the word of the Lord, O you nations, and declare it in the isles afar off, and say, He that scatters Gathered Israel will gather him and keep him as a shepherd does his flock. So the one that's going to gather Israel is the good shepherd. And he that scattered will gather. Well, the good shepherd's going to gather 
And so that means the same one that gathers also is the one that scattered. And the one that scattered is the one that gave the Torah at Mount Sinai. And he scattered his people when they broke his covenant. So Yeshua gave the Torah at Mount Sinai. He exiled his people in the nations when they broke his covenant. But he's faithful to his covenant. And he's going to gather his people back to the land and end their exile. We can see how Yeshua is the good shepherd who's going to accomplish this task. In John chapter 10 verse 11 and verse 14 as it is written. I am the good shepherd. So initially, in the process of redeeming his people, he's first going to die on the tree. He's going to lay down his life. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. So Yeshua says in John chapter 10 verse 14, I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and am known of mine. We can see how it is the good shepherd who gathers the exiles of Israel in Ezekiel chapter 34 verse 11 and verse 12 as it is written. For thus says the Lord God, behold, I, even I, will both search my sheep and seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out his flock that are scattered, so will I seek out my sheep where they've been scattered. And notice when he's going to gather the exiles of Israel in the cloudy and dark day. When is that? That's the darkness part of the day of the Lord. When is that? That's the time of the great tribulation. So he gathers his people at the beginning of the day of the Lord. So from Philippians chapter 2 verses 9 through 11, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Yeshua HaMashiach is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Since Yeshua is the Lord and he's the Messiah, another term for the day of the Lord is the day of Messiah. And in the day of the Lord or the day of the Messiah, the Messiah gathers the exiles from the nations where they've been scattered and brings them back to the land. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 verses 1 and 2 it is written, Now we beseech you, brother, by the coming of our Lord Yeshua Mashiach and by our gathering together unto him that's him and his role to gather and unite the twelve tribes of Israel that you be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled neither by spirit that the day of Messiah is at hand so Paul is explaining that it's in the day of Messiah the day of the Lord that the Messiah is going to gather and unite the twelve tribes of Israel so the good shepherd is not only going to gather his people in the cloudy and dark day but we can see from Ezekiel chapter 34 verse 13 that he's going to bring them to the mountains of Israel. This is a reference to what the world calls the West Bank, as well as Jerusalem, and the biblical name for the West Bank is Judea and Samaria. In Ezekiel chapter 34, verse 13, it is written, And I will bring them out from the people, and gather them from the countries, and will bring them to their own land, and I will feed them upon the mountains of Israel. We can see how Israel, a reference to the northern kingdom, and Judah, a reference to the southern kingdom, will both return to the land of Israel during Jacob's trouble from Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 3 and verses 6 and 7, it is written, For lo, the days come, says the Lord, that I will bring again the captivity of my people, Israel and Judah, northern kingdom and southern kingdom, says the Lord, and I will cause them to return to the land that I gave their fathers, and they will possess it. So when is he going to bring Israel and Judah back to the land? It goes on to say in Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 6. Ask ye now and see whether a man does travail with child. Why do I see every man with his hands on his loins as a woman in travail? And all faces are turned into paleness. Because in Jeremiah chapter 30 verse 7. Alas for that day is great. What day? The day of the Lord. So that none is like it. It is the time. What is the time? When Israel and Judah returns to the land. That is the time of Jacob's trouble. Because Jacob will be saved or redeemed or delivered out of it. Or from it or through it. Now the way that the exiles of 
Israel are going to be gathered back to the land, it's through the greatest outpouring of the Holy Spirit that the world has ever known. So in Ezekiel chapter 39 verse 25 it says, Therefore thus says the Lord God, Now will I bring again the captivity of Jacob. Ezekiel 39 verse 27, When I have gathered them out of their enemies' lands, that is scattered in the nations of the world. So it's speaking of ending the exile of the house of Jacob, that's northern kingdom and southern kingdom, and bringing them back from the lands where they've been scattered, the way it's going to be done in Ezekiel chapter 39 verse 29 is, Neither will I hide my face any more from them. For I have poured out my spirit upon the house of Israel, says the Lord God. We can also see this from Joel chapter 2, wherein verses 18 and 19 it says, following the defeat of Gog and Magog, Then will the Lord be jealous for his land and pity his people, and I will no more make you a reproach among the nations. See, when they scattered the nations of the world, they were a reproach. But when they're no longer a reproach, it means they're not in exile. They've been brought back to the land of Israel. And speaking of being brought back to the land of Israel, it says in Joel chapter 2 verse 28, it will come to pass afterward. After what? After the defeat of Gog and Magog, as we've outlined in Joel chapter 2, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. So Yeshua is going to gather his people from the nations of the world where they've been scattered through a mighty outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and he's going to do so, leading his people back to the land, the way in which he brought them out of Egypt, biblical history's prophecy, leading them by the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. We can see how Zion is the end of the exile of Jacob from Psalm chapter 147 verse 2. The Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathers together the outcasts of Israel. So in the Bible, Jerusalem and Zion are synonymous terms. So building up Jerusalem is building up Zion. And in Isaiah chapter 11 verse 12 it is written, And he shall set up an ensign for the nations and shall assemble the outcasts of Israel and gather together the dispersed of Judah from the four corners of the earth. So the building up of Jerusalem is gathering together the outcasts of Israel, and Jerusalem and Zion are synonymous terms. Therefore, in Psalm 102 verse 13 it says, You will arise and have mercy on Zion. For the time to favor her, yea, the set time has come. And when the Lord builds up Zion, the building up of Zion is the building up of Jerusalem, which in Psalm 147 verse 2, he gathers the outcasts of Israel, he will also appear in his glory. And when the children of Israel were brought out of Egypt, when they were in the wilderness, what's called the glory of the Lord? The cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. So when Yeshua gathers and unites the 12 tribes of Israel through a great outpouring of the Holy Spirit, where he brings his people back to the land by the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night, he will return and set his feet down on the Mount of Olives in great glory. And it's during the Great Tribulation, that is the three and a half years before Yeshua sets his feet down on the Mount of Olives, that he will end the exile of his people, that is northern kingdom and southern kingdom, bring them back to the land of Israel through a great outpouring of the Holy Spirit, leading them back by the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. And he will bring his people back to the same place that the Gog and Magog army attacked and invaded, that is the mountains of Israel. That is the West Bank or Judea and Samaria and Jerusalem. Ezekiel chapter 37 verses 21 and 22 it is written, And say unto them, Thus is the Lord God, Behold, I will take the children of Israel from among the nations and bring them into their own land, and I will make them one nation in the land upon the mountains of Israel. Then in Ezekiel chapter 37 verse 24, And David my servant will be king over them, and they will have one shepherd, one king and one shepherd. Who's the king and shepherd over a united house of Jacob? It is the Messiah. And they will walk in my judgments and observe my statutes and do them. They will keep the Torah of Yeshua the lawgiver. 
So let's summarize what we've covered in the last part of this teaching. Number one, the parable of the fig tree pertains to the rebirth of the modern nation of Israel. Number two, the exile of the southern kingdom, that is the house of Judah or the Jewish people, into Babylonian captivity for 70 years is a prophecy which foreshadows the time of the last generation from the founding of the modern nation of Israel in May of 1948. Number three, in Jeremiah chapter 24, the good figs are associated with the end of the exile and the Jewish people accepting Yeshua as the Messiah. And the bad figs represent the judgments of the Great Tribulation. Number four, in Jeremiah chapter 29, it is prophesied that after 70 years from the birth of the modern nation of Israel in 1948, the Jewish people will accept Yeshua as the Messiah and it will result in the end of the exile of the house of Jacob or all 12 tribes. That is is northern kingdom and southern kingdom. Number five, after 70 years from the birth of the modern nation of Israel, the Gog-Magog war will happen, and when it does, the Jewish people will fast and pray for deliverance and for the coming of the Messiah. Number six, when the Jewish people in the land of Israel fast and pray for deliverance from the Gog-Magog armies and for the coming of the Messiah, the God of Israel will hear their prayers and will defeat the Gog-Magog armies upon the mountains of Israel. That that is, in the West Bank, biblically known as Judea and Samaria, as well as Jerusalem. Number seven. With the defeat of Gog and Magog upon the mountains of Israel, that is the West Bank, or Judea and Samaria, and Jerusalem, the God of Israel decrees the end of the exile for the house of Jacob, that is, all twelve tribes of Israel, northern kingdom and southern kingdom. Number eight. Yeshua will gather the exiles of Israel back to the land of Israel, and he will do so leading them back by the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night, like he led the children of Israel out of Egypt in the wilderness on their way to the promised land, and will reunite them, that is, northern kingdom with southern kingdom, Ephraim and Judah, upon the mountains of Israel. Number nine. After Yeshua gathers the exiles of Israel back to the land of Israel, which will be during the three and a half years of the Great Tribulation before he sets his feet down on the Mount of Olives, Yeshua will be both shepherd and king over his people, and they will follow his Torah. And finally, number 10, after Yeshua was asked, what is the sign of your coming and of the end of this age, he gave him a list of events which will happen, and then said, when you begin to see these end time events happen, like the Gog-Magog War, which takes place after 70 years from Israel becoming a nation in May 1948, of which foreshadows the end of the exile of all 12 tribes of the house of Jacob, then we are to look up for our redemption, that is the end of the exile, draws near. So, in conclusion, as we've looked in this teaching at the parable of the fig tree, which Yeshua linked to his second coming, what is the fullness of what this parable teaches us? It is that we are to look for the signs that indicate the end of the exile for the house of Jacob, or northern kingdom and southern kingdom, which the Jewish people call the Messianic Redemption. So in Luke chapter 21, verse 28, Yeshua said, And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads for your redemption 
meaning the end of the exile of all twelve tribes, draws near. And what did Yeshua link with this thought of anticipating the redemption or the end of the exile of his people? He says in the next verse, in Luke chapter 21, verse 29, And he spoke to them a parable, Behold the fig tree. So Yeshua taught that the redemption of Israel, or the end of the exile of the house of Jacob, is linked with his parable of the fig tree. So I pray that this message has been a rich blessing to you, and it helps you to better understand, from a Hebraic perspective, Yeshua's parable of the fig tree. Well, that's going to conclude part four of the series on the subject, the parable of the fig tree. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and... Please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.